helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney. And Doug, we are not talking Disney today. I don't even know why I opened the show. I'm so used to saying that. We're talking Universal today. We'll sneak some Disney in there. I think we, got, we will. We got some Disney in there. We at the do. End. We do. So this is going to be a really fun show with a really great guest. But first, Doug, we have a couple of reviews we got to talk about. Yes, thank you for all the reviews that we've been getting. We will be announcing the winner of that Disney Cruise Line Castaway bag soon. So stay tuned for that. So uh, I'll read a couple, and I will mispronounce your usernames because that's what I do. Helpful and Humorous by Jemra Ford. I, it's not a name. It's just a bunch of letters, and then it says Ford at the end. All right, I found these guys looking for podcasts to plan our family First Family Disney Cruise. Man, I can't read tonight, Derek. That could be trouble. They are super entertaining while being informative on all things Disney. Give them a listen, but don't listen to the first 40 or so as taking their word for that. Also, kudos to Doug for wearing a KC Royal shirt in Paris. Way to represent the Midwest. Yeah, I was not shy about my my KC Royals or my Husker stuff. Go was Royals. I, yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, the first 40 really not worth they were listening. not great no. no it took us a while to find our stride all right another review attention disney fans by gina0199 if you love disney this podcast is a must derek and doug give honest opinions about all things disney additionally there is good there's humor and good nature bantered between the two great job guys Yes, I am struggling to read tonight, Derek. So it's good news. I am done reading. Thank you for the reviews. And please uh, feel free to go leave one after the show and comment about how Doug can't read. That would be great. That would make hashtag Doug can't read. So thank you so much for everyone who subscribes, likes, reviews, shares things on social media. Thank you so much to all the Rope Drop listeners. And if you would like to be a part of the community, we are always accepting more Patreons. We'll actually have an after show again this week. So if you want that bonus content, some swag, hit up the uh, show notes and visit our Patreon page and become part of that amazing community. But enough about that, Doug. Let's switch gears. Going to Universal yeah. Studios, it has been kind of a big week. And this is something we can't talk about, just us, Doug. We no. need a professional. Yes. We welcome on the one and only Seth Kuberski, the co-author of the unofficial guide to Universal Orlando, Disneyland Las Vegas, and a contributor to Disney World. Welcome to the show, Seth. Glad to have you on Rope Drop Radio. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm excited to uh, talk about the wonders of Universal with you guys. And maybe yes. a little Disney, too. A little Disney. We'll sneak it in at the end. No it's, worry, it's guys. It's in, like, the bylaws of our show. There's got to be. I mean, even the announcer says navigating the Disney park. So Yeah, we got to. Well, it's contractual. You know, I've been spending all day actually working on updating my Universal book for the 2020 edition, uh, but I just finished the uh, 2020 edition of the Disneyland book. So I am equal opportunity. I can go either way. Excellent. Well, before we get to the recent announcement, we want to talk about the latest attraction to open in Florida, and that is Hagrid's Magical Motor Bike Adventure. We have not experienced this yet. So, Seth? The lines have, like, already gone all the way to Nebraska, pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could get in line outside we'll my front door right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, just stand. You'll be there in a week and a half. No, okay. So, um, 
All right, so Hagrid's magical creatures, motor, bike, adventure. I left, yeah, uh, I left words yeah, out. Yeah, you left the word out. I can't read uh, again. Hey, I don't want P universal PR coming after us. No. Um, in a word, it is fantastic. Um, it instantly uh, is in my top five rides at Universal, maybe my top five rides in Orlando. I waited seven and a half hours on opening Ooh. day. Uh, I went back a few days later, waited four and a half hours, wait, went back a few days later, uh, waited three and a half hours. My, my most recent wait was uh, just about an hour. Uh, and that that was, I, I would wait an hour for that any day of the week. I would happily wait an hour for that. It, it's really... Uh, you know, it's not the biggest, baddest roller coaster out there, and it isn't the most sophisticated, heavily themed dark ride, but it's the best blend of the two that I've ever been on. Um, I know, you know, Disney, when uh, Seven Dwarves Mine Train opened, they tried to convince that, us all that that was a story coaster. You know, I, I don't I don't I know, you know, exactly how much story is being told, but uh, for blending sets and animatronics and amazing scenery uh, with really great thrills that aren't too intense to put off, you know, kind of the uh, older or younger people. Hagrid's is just about perfect. The only thing that's not perfect is that uh, at best they're going to be able to get around 1,600 people an hour through there. And on some days they have trouble getting 1,000 people an hour through there. Uh, that's the only thing that isn't magical about Hagrid's. Yeah, they've had a lot of technical difficulties. Is it up and running all seven days? I've heard mixed things where it doesn't open till noon or some days it's just randomly closed. They, they were doing a thing for a while where it was not opening with the park. They've been steadily increasing the number of trains it runs, uh, the number of hour it runs. Lately, it has been opening uh, for the most part with the park. Um, I showed up. Uh, on a day when the park was uh, officially open at nine, uh, I got to the gates a little before eight thirty, and uh, they let us all line up outside of Seuss. And then about ten minutes till nine, uh, everyone kind of rushed through Seuss uh, into Hogsmeade, and I was off the ride by nine thirty or so. The biggest enemy of this ride is rain, uh, or more specifically, lightning. Um, it's the longest outdoor roller coaster in florida i think it's just about a mile long and whenever it has to shut down because of lightning uh, before it can power back up someone has to walk that whole track uh, and inspect everything uh, so every time it shuts down it takes a while to get back up and it always develops a backlog that's that's the biggest problem i'm hoping as the crew gets more accustomed to the attraction that they'll be able to come back from those downtimes quicker uh, it's definitely gotten better than it was the first few weeks, but um, it's got a long ways to go before it's a people eater. Now, my question is, I love dueling dragons. That's one of my all as a kid when I was 13, 14, riding those for the first time. I love them. They changed my life. Uh, how do you feel with the subtraction of those two coasters and placing replacing it just with one attraction? Sure. Uh, in terms of capacity, you're absolutely right. Um uh, the dueling dragons together probably could move more than 3000 people an hour. Um, but it never had a line more than 10 or 15 minutes long, unless it was Christmas because it was just too intense for your average guest, uh, coaster fans like you and me, I agree. 
Uh, but honestly, Dueling Dragons has been gone for a long time. Um, they had some accidents. Uh, they had some very unfortunate incidents, and they stopped the dueling years ago. Um, so when it dueled, it was a, a real uh, game changer. When it was just two separate coasters that happened to be next to each other, um, neither of them was better than Montu. You can drive down to Tampa uh, if you want a really good B&M invert. I wonder about the motion sickness of Hagrid's. I uh, I can get sick on Slinky Dog, so I can do <laughs> it. But sometimes I, I manage to do Smuggler's Run just fine, but mm. I can't do Star Tours. So where would this be on the spectrum of motion um, sickness issues? I would say uh, you're you're closer to the Slinky Dog um, or. Uh, seven dwarves mind train and of the spectrum there are a a number of launches uh but they're not rough launches they're the acceleration is really smooth um most of the movement is kind of like swerving through trees side to side close banking along the ground or along the water it's uh you know i i was gonna say slinky slinky dog i think is is pretty darn smooth mm-hmm. and well engineered so if slinky dog makes you motion sick uh, i there. mean what what does uh big thunder mountain or i don't yeah something like Thunders, you know well then you know it's a no-go hagrid's might be a little borderline but i'd say it we're give, gonna do it, it dog. do it as once. long as i'm sitting next to somebody don't, that's don't, brave don't drink a beer in line before you get on or a butter beer or like that, a whole thing like, be- or if you do sit in the front row so you don't you know also, Doug's problem on uh, Toy Story is he whips his head around to be able yeah. to see how much Star Wars land he can see, and then has to whip okay, his head well, back around. He maybe. does it to himself. It's that's your I, own. Pr- you're doing the goat trick from Disneyland, except uh, on, <laughs> on Slinky Dog. It's possible. It's possible. I might have a little self-inflicted stink. I I, I can't help you with that, but I will say that um, Hagrid's is uh, is really smooth. Um, the bank turns are a lot of fun. You get some really great G forces, but it's well engineered and it's, you know, it's got a backward section that I think is a little more enjoyable than the one in Everest. Um, I know a lot of people love the backwards in Everest, but to me, you're just kind of in the dark being shaken a little from side to side and you don't really get the sense of, you know, going backwards, uh, where I, I get that sensation a lot more from, uh, Hagrid's little backwards helix. All right, Doug, we're uh, doing it. Uh, plus, I mean, you 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 guys got to ride it, uh, so you can argue over who gets to sit in the sidecar and who gets to sit. Oh, up on that the is totally a Twitter poll. Who Twitter sits poll? In, yes, Twitter can decide who gets who that. Who sits yeah. in which one? I I agree. There we go. When <laughs> I, we make I, a trip, I, I will say uh, the the sidecar being lower to the ground, closer to the track, um, is a little less intense. Uh, if you're sitting up on the on the bike, uh, when you go around the turns, uh, you've got a much uh, larger radius that oh, your head is that, moving. Look, that's totally all. Twitter's that's putting Twitter. Yeah, putting you on the bike. I, I'll be in the sidecar. Oh, well, oh. we better move on before somebody, yeah, yes. does me in. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about the other big announcement that came out literally this week with Universal, Epic Universe. What they're saying is their fourth theme park, yeah, maybe their third. What kind of details can you tell us about that? All right. Well, I'm I'm one of the people who have no problem admitting that Walt Disney World has six gates. Okay. Uh, it's got six theme parks. Uh, just because you wear a bathing suit at a couple of them doesn't mean that they aren't theme parks. 
that's that's my thing. I like I'm, I'm willing. To, I'm yeah. willing to give him to that. Um, so yes, yeah, so this will be Universal's fourth gate or its third dry park. And uh, so what we got is the name, which is Universal's Epic Universe. Uh, a little redundant, but we'll go with it. Um, we know the location, which is uh, a plot of land uh, over 750-something acres that they bought across from the convention center, which is south of where they currently are, but north of Disney World. Um, and uh, they're, they're going to be developing, uh, I think, a little over 500 of that. And we know that it will include hotels, restaurants, shopping, and themed attractions. And if you want to know what the IPs of those themed attractions are, or when it will open, or anything useful, uh, don't ask Universal. Okay. Um, what what this announcement was really about was getting ahead of a bunch of patent filings and construction permits. And, you know, they've gotten to the point where legally they can no longer hide that they're building a giant project out there. But we know Universal, um, you know, as opposed to Disney, who will have a D23 and tell you about a ride that they're going to build five years from now. Um, Universal will wait until something's almost ready to open before they'll even admit that they're building anything. So for for Universal to get out this far ahead, uh, this is about, um, you know, things like the construction of Kirkman Road, which is the major road that runs east of Universal's current resort is going to be extended to run south uh, and connect up with their new property. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something that's $300 million project that Universal's paying half of and the taxpayers are paying half of. And you really can't hide something like that from, from the media. So instead, you got to get up uh, out in front of it. You have a, a big announcement at the convention center with your CEO and the governor of Florida and uh, the mayor and... Um, so we get a lot of vague information. Uh, we know that they're going to employ some 14,000 people and they're going to pay them at least $15 an hour, but they will not confirm when exactly this is happening or what exactly is happening. So the official news limited. <laughs> yes. The unofficial news. What type of things are we expecting the word right. on the street. Yeah. <laughs> well, since I do uh, write the unofficial guide, uh, well, let's let's talk about some unofficial. And obviously, this is all based on speculation and Excellent. rumor and innuendo. Um, and I really want to uh, give a hat tip to Alicia Stella from Orlando uh, Park Stop, who pretty much uh, has done the best work in in digging out the details of what's going on here. Um, but, uh, the concept art that Universal released, um, for this new park is intentionally vague. Um, things have been deliberately obscured, um, and some of the things in it may be already out of date, but, uh, what we can pretty well say is that there are four major lands and they are, uh, Super Nintendo World, which is going to be based on Mario Kart uh, a Donkey Kong Country roller coaster and a Yoshi dark ride. The second is Universal's Classic Monsters with a Dracula's Castle uh, and some sort of uh, water ride, uh, maybe with uh, Frankenstein or Creature of the Black Lagoon, something like that. Um, you've got a Fantastic Beasts 
Wizarding World uh, based around Paris. It looks like mm. it's going to be mostly indoors. Uh, we saw a patent come out uh, for a interactive multi-floor drop tower ride that would make a great Ministry of Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final land uh, looks like DreamWorks, chiefly How to Train Your Dragon. Um, possibly we could see some of the um, Kung Fu Panda stuff that's being designed for Beijing come over here eventually. There's, uh, in addition to the, the four lands that we know they're going to be, there's also expansion plots for at least two more down the road. Um, the really interesting thing about the concept art, and uh, this could be a preliminary idea that will not actually happen in the long run, but uh, instead of having the park be gated off from the hotels and the restaurants like CityWalk and you know the current resorts are, mm-hmm. you've got a big hub, like imagine uh, you know, even bigger than uh, the hub at uh, Magic Kingdom, but more like uh, with a lake the size of a lagoon uh, show, like World of Color, in the middle. Uh, and where you would have Cinderella's Castle, instead you have a giant luxury hotel. And then uh, you've got restaurants and shopping that's accessible to anyone, but then each individual land is sitting off of this hub and is separate from itself, and that's where you need the ticket to get in. Hmm. And that might not even be a real ticket, but it might be a virtual ticket. Universal's done a lot of patents and experiments with facial recognition scanning, with the idea that uh, once you buy your admission, they just know who you are, and they just let you through. And if you happen to try to walk through without a ticket, then they politely step out. But otherwise, you can just wander around without having to go through a turnstile or tap a magic band or anything like that. Um, so how many of those ideas actually end up happening is a good question. But uh, we're definitely getting uh, some substantial attractions, some big luxury hotels, and some restaurants and entertainment that is focused on the convention traffic. Because you've got basically the the country's second, second biggest convention center right across the street, almost walking distance. Yeah. I like the fact that the Nintendo Land has three attractions. I didn't know you could build a land with three attractions now. I thought the the limit was two. Right? <laughs> well, those are I mean, those are the rides. That's exciting. The, three yeah. Attra- three attractions three rides. Are rides. Yeah. But Nintendo World is going to be highly interactive. Um, there's going to be a lot of physical things like, you know, coin blocks uh, and characters that you're going to be able to both physically interact with and most likely interact through ar with some sort of device whether it's a switch or a oh, cell bring phone, my switch uh, and be able to uh you know somehow interact whether it's like a pokemon go style thing or something like the disney play apps on your phone but um, i think you're definitely going to see some sort of interaction um that sort of turns the whole nintendo world into a big video game yeah, Derek, uh, you may never that's, leave that's that. Definitely no, where I'm the, that I'm beelining right there. It's I, I've already promised my son we will be opening month uh, hitting up Nintendo Land. There have been a lot of rumors about uh, Pokemon as well. Pokemon's actually licensed by Nintendo, um, but not completely owned by them, so it's it's a weird situation. And uh, I think Pokemon could be a expansion down the road but i don't know if we're going to see pokemon when the thing first opens could, could you imagine a ryan reynolds based like voice attraction <laughs> uh, sign that me would be up awesome. i'd rather have a deadpool attraction. oh yeah yeah like that's the adult i think that's more likely to happen 
That's that or fifth maybe. gate <laughs> at Disney, the adult theme park with Deadpool and Simpsons. Well, they are yeah. Simpsons, but you know. Well, that was that was that yeah. Disney's uh, Night Kingdom or Villains yeah. Kingdom that uh, never uh, will never happen. Uh, <laughs> well, the Deadpool will be fantastic. I'm I'm really excited about this new park. Uh, I think I like the idea. It's kind of got that hub and spoke, and it's got room for a couple expansions. So if Universal does have that. IP that blows up or they buy something that Disney can't buy. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be a really good opportunity for them to expand because that's some of the limitations they have at their other parks where they just run out of room. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the kind of wild card in that lineup is the universal classic monsters. And I have no doubt if something really huge comes along like Lord of the Rings or maybe Star Trek that, um, the monsters might get bumped. Uh, I really hope not. Um, cause I, I think that's great and they've got cross generational appeal, but it doesn't help their cause that the last couple film reboots have not gone well at all. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the monsters will stick in there. Do you think they'll keep the monsters like, uh, Oh, the show over at universal studios that will stay. <laughs> you know, it, right. It, like, well, the the monster show at Universal Studios. Oh, the the horror makeup show. You mean? Yeah, yeah. The special I, you effects. Know, so the the horror makeup show is really about the art of movie making, and yeah. I think anything that's like that is going to stay at Universal okay. Studios. The new park is going to be very much about. Uh, we're not, you know, making believe, or we're not showing you how it's done behind the scenes. We are putting you in a real world. And each of those worlds is going to be completely isolated from everything else. There's not going to be like, you know, how Adventureland kind of blends into Frontierland. This is going to be very much you are in one world or you are in another world. And uh, the IPs are going to be, uh, you know, 360 around you and and completely isolating. Uh, Total immersion. Um, You know, sort of what Disney's done with Galaxy's Edge. Nice. I have one question for my wife. She wanted me to ask how long before they build a monorail from the other two parks to this Monorail. Yeah, Um, monorail. I I think monorail is unlikely. Universal Universal somehow has been able to figure out how to get buses to work where Disney seems to be completely unable. Walt Disney World, every time I've tried to wait on a, a, a hotel bus at Disney World, it's like every other bus comes in like two minutes mm-hmm. and the one bus that i want is you know an hour later oh yeah we uh, must be traveling yes. together i <laughs> we've ridden on buses together then because yes universe i was just staying at endless summer and people were kind of freaking out when uh universal announced that endless summer was going to be across the street at wet and wild it's like it's not the same as being on site i from the lobby of the hotel to walking into City Walk was 15 minutes tops. The bus ride was five minutes, and there was always a bus sitting there waiting for me. I was waiting for other guests because they, they you know, they wouldn't send one bus until the next bus was coming. So we were just just waiting long enough to have three or four guests at a time before they dis- dispatch. It was that frequent. Um, so uh, I think once they build a dedicated bus lane straight down Kirkman road all the way to the new property that will probably be more efficient than a monorail. Um, and we'll have better air conditioning too. Yeah. What is the uh, rumor with when this new, uh, park is going to open any, any word, uh, earliest 2023 latest 2025. That's, that's my guess. 
Okay. Got a little bit of time. Universal does kind of flip attractions a little bit faster. But than I mean, Disney, if, though. if you think about the scale of this, like this isn't just even building a park. This is like building mm-hmm. a whole new resort from scratch. Yeah. Um, to swamp. do something like that in in four or five or even six years. Um, like Disney could do that back in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, because they owned, you know, you know, they, they controlled yeah. the government. You know, they didn't have to worry about planning or permitting or environmental impacts or anything like that. They could just go ahead and build. Uh, it was a lot easier back then. Uh, this is this is like probably the biggest construction project that the East Coast has seen, you know, maybe that American dream um, uh, mega mall up in Jersey is almost on the same scope. But even then, I mean, we're talking over 500 acres. It's a big project. It's a lot. lot. It'll be interesting to see how it develops and when it comes along. And uh, I also know my kids will be old enough to go on their own as they may be in college. My kids probably still won't be tall enough. (laughs) <laughs> my kids are really short so it's uh we, yeah, we're going but yeah going on that i know <laughs> i feel bad for them still all right let's switch gears because we do got to talk a little disney with you we're going to talk a little about galaxy's edge because it's a disney travel podcast so how do you think the opening week is going to play out at hollywood studios and i might be asking this because i will be there that week <laughs> I will be there as well. Um, so I went out for the, the first weekend of previews at um, Disneyland. And I was prepared for huge crowds and was wonderfully surprised at how empty it was. And then I went back out for the official opening. And I was prepared for insane crowds and was insanely, wonderfully delighted at how no one was there and it was empty. I am not going to be lucky a third time. Uh, I do not think that the uh, opening at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios is going to be empty the way uh, Disneyland was earlier this summer. Disneyland's starting to pick up a little bit. I think Hollywood Studios is going to be pretty packed. And the biggest reason I say that is because of hotels. Um, Disneyland has only three hotels Disney World has a bazillion hotels, mm-hmm. a bajillion hotel rooms, and every single one of those people is going to think that they're going to take advantage of that 6 a.m. extra, 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 extra magic hour. Oh, so, wait, don't tell my secrets away on the show. <laughs> Everyone thinks that they're going to be the only one there at 6 a.m. And uh, you might see a longer line for, uh, you know, for the Millennium Falcon at, at 6.15 a.m. than you will see at noon. Um, I think you're still going to see a, a long line at noon. And the other big difference between Star Wars at Disneyland and Star Wars at Hollywood Studios is that at Disneyland, you have two of the most well-built-out theme parks in the country sitting right next door to each other with like more than a dozen e-tickets between them. You've got at Hollywood Studios, uh, at best, four rides that people want to go on outside of Mm -hmm. Star Wars. So when they aren't in line for a ride at Star Wars or in line for for Blue Milk at Star Wars or in line for uh, food at Star Wars or in line for shopping at Star Wars, 
then what else are they going to be doing at Disney? I like, I don't want to see what the wait times are going to be for Muppet vision uh, or, you know, little mermaid. Cause those are going to have the biggest crowds that they've seen in, in decades. Um, Cause there's just nothing else to do in that park. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially now that they've uh, they're manipulating the tiers for the fast passes at Hollywood studios. So, um, you know, you're going to get basically one of the e-tickets uh, and, you know, you can't do both um, Toy Story and Rock and Roller Coaster anymore because they're both in the same tier. Um, I, I really I think I think Hollywood Studios is going to be an ugly place for the next few months. And then it's only going to get worse because they're going to open Rise of the Resistance first before Disneyland does. So everyone who needs to see that before everyone else is going to rush. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a busy, busy few months at Hollywood Studios. Do you think I anyone do... is waiting till December 5th and might not be there opening weekend like with us? <laughs> I am certain there are people who are going to delay uh, until it's completely finished, until Rise of the Resistance is there and they will get a wave. But there are also people who book their, you know, people book their Walt Disney World hotel rooms, uh, you know, a year, two years, sometimes more in advance. Disneyland is very much about locals. It's about people booking, you know, a long weekend, you know, and they book it maybe a few weeks or a month or two in advance. Disney World is about people from all over the country or overseas planning like a once a lifetime or once every five year vacation. Um, so I, 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 think that no matter how much you want to psych yourself up and think it's not going to be that bad i think it's going to be pretty bad we booked this trip what like three months before they announced it and i was thinking this was going to be one of our low time trips not a lot of crowds and i was incorrect now now you know it's possible that there were people who got scared and canceled um that there'll be true you know that people might but i think that there's been so much publicity over the last few weeks about how Disneyland is empty that it might lull people into a false sense of security mm, that's good and point. Uh, make them think, well, okay, Disneyland wasn't as bad as they all said, so Disney World will be fine, and then it'll have the opposite effect. Well, we will see, definitely, and all you rope droppers will be seeing with me because I will be streaming and doing everything down there we're not going opening day we're going to go the day after we're going to let you guys i'll I'll be i might run over there but uh uh, i'm not going to fight that kind of crowd on opening day we'll go day two i did see that they announced they are going to use a virtual queue uh once the land is full for boarding passes so that's good they had the exact same thing set up at disneyland and they used it exactly once um because they haven't had to uh i think at disney world they will need to use it Mm -hmm. You know, the issue is going to be if it's based on total capacity of the land, uh, there's a certain crowd of people who will go in, look around, get bored and leave after they've done the ride. Mm -hmm. There's also a certain crowd of people who just go in and camp um, and they will just go and wander around and take up space. And I don't know how they will manage to move those people out uh, in order to make room for more people. We shall see. Yeah, it'll be fun. Derek, you'll get to experience it with three kids. Yay, can't wait. I'm hoping uh, everyone goes to Hollywood Studios that day because we're going to the Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, Wahop, and I'm hoping those parks are empty. 
Well, Epcot will be busy-ish because food it's wine. opening day yep. of food and wine. So yeah. uh, that is the day to hit Magic Kingdom. That might be the best day this year that's, to go to the Magic Kingdom. That was my thought, and that's uh, why we decided to do that. Yeah. Flight of Passage at, at, uh, at Pandora will be a walk-on. Uh, that's that's the that's, bold that's statement by Seth yeah, right know, there. Just write it down. <laughs> I have not seen that <laughs> right, as a no, walk-on that's, ever. That's, that's, that's hyperbole. That's hyperbole. <laughs> okay. All it, right, might be, all right. it might be under two hours. Yeah, I was going to say an hour wait is still a walk-on. <laughs> exactly, walk on exactly. Well, you're walking yeah. uphill so long, it feels like it takes an hour anyway. So You, you know what? I, I, I can't wait in that line. I, I saw the animatronic. I'm done. That's good. I'm fine. I, I can't wait in that line anymore. So I just sit at home and play the the fast pass game where you just hit refresh 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 until one magically pops up um and most of the time i can get one same day especially if you try around 11 a.m good to know gotta Keep do it in mind. it right. helps to be a single rider though if you try to do it for like uh two or three people it's it's a lot harder how tall are your kids derek uh, only one of them's tall enough right now for the passage. So we'll we'll take Olivia. I don't know, Declan. We'll see. We'll measure him here in a couple weeks and get the final tally. But I, I don't just think he's going to make it. Just tell just, them they're just not. Just leave them with a stranger. It'll be fine. I'm sure. Well, no, he's got to take care of the baby because we have a one-year-old oh, going right, with right, us right. as well. So the six-year-old will take care of the one-year-old. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. Nothing will go wrong as my wife Parents listens to this and rolls her eyes. Right. <laughs> All right. I think it's time for the lightning lightning round. round. The lightning round. Yeah. So uh, excited. This is your favorite Disney or Pixar or however under the Disney umbrella you care to answer it. Well, and, I, uh, I limited it to Disney Pixar. I'm going to limit it to okay. Disney Pixar because if we Perfect. spread this into Star Wars it, and Marvel, it's we're dicey. Just, we're just spreading too thin. Yeah. Can't, can't and uh, we do keep score. However, the points don't count. All right. So. <laughs> All right, favorite Disney movie? The Little Mermaid. All right, favorite? Oh, with that, uh, are you excited for the live-action version coming? Pass. Pass? Okay. It's just not going to, no statement I'm on that. I'm excited by the casting. Um, I, the, I, they haven't announced Ursula yet, have they? Uh-uh. I thought it was really, McCarthy. Not officially. Not officially, no, okay. Yeah, to, that's I, rumors. I, I'm, I'm friends with... Uh, Ginger Minj, who was on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, um, and that she is uh, the Ursula. ultimate Ursula. Yeah, yeah, they need to go that route. I feel so. All right, sorry, I added a. I'm already slowing down the lightning, Derek. You're fair. already. Yep. Ah, jeez. All right, favorite Disney character. Wally. E. Nice choice. Favorite Disney villain. Uh, Schoenbog from Night on Bald Mountain. Yeah, he's frightening. He's frightening. Yeah. All right. Favorite Disney song? When Somebody Loved You from Toy Story 2. Wow. That's a good one. That We have not heard that one nope. before. That That is... So that we heard on repeat. My oldest daughter, that is her favorite Disney song. Over and over and over. I know it. I know it very well. All right. Favorite Disney park? Disneyland. Favorite classic attraction? You define classic. Uh, Disneyland Pirates. Good choice. I like how you specified which which pirates. Oh, there's only one. I did like Paris version of Pirates. Pretty good. Yes, yes, but it is not classic. 
okay, you got me there. It is very new. All right, favorite modern attraction. All right, I, I am going to have to do a, a qualifier on this because modern to me is probably not modern to most of your listeners. Modern to me includes 1995. <laughs> so I would include, I would say, Indiana Jones. However, uh, for uh, the ma- majority of your listeners who were born after 1995, probably, uh, I would say Radio Springs Racers. That's also a good choice. Those See, I think. Choices. I think of the 90s as modern, too, so we're on the same. We've heard rock and roller coaster a lot for modern, and that's, Ooh. what, 99. Oh. oh. Questionable as a favorite. Was, was was that just Steven Tyler, like, paying them <laughs> to <laughs> say that? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe just because it goes upside down, and that's all they know. All right. Favorite Disney resort? Uh, there was a time when I would have said Polynesian before they destroyed the lobby. Now I'm going to say Disney's Animal Kingdom. So you miss your waterfall, huh? Animal Kingdom Lodge. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I miss the smell. Oh. That, that musty, decaying vegetable matter smell. <laughs> That's a that. Do you write it up that way in the book? Like... <laughs> I think we did say some. We when 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 I think we had some line about this the smell and when it used to be like that. Yeah. All right. Favorite counter service restaurant. Docking Bay 7. Wow. What's the new one? What's your favorite dish there? Close uh, tie between the ribs and the vegetarian loaf. Okay, I'm going to have to try the vegetarian loaf. Words I never thought I'd say. Um, do you think Disney World will have sporks? No. Not even, not even bothered. I know they don't. They didn't have them for the cast members because they knew oh. that if they put them out, the cast members would have stolen them. Gone. That's Jeez. the only way the cast members at Disney World can survive is by hawking stuff on <laughs> eBay. <laughs> Pieces of their costume. Yep, there you go. All right, favorite Disney table service restaurant. All right, I'm going to cheat. Victoria and Albert's. Yeah, that's, that's I, a you, good one. Yeah, I, there's no argument. Yep. You can't, can't argue with that one. Um, favorite Disney snack. Matterhorn macaroon. Oh, that's a new one on the show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Favorite Disney drink. If I'm on the East Coast, Hippopotamitai. And if I'm on the West Coast, Tiki 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 Rum. That's a lot of tikis. All right. And that concludes Trader Sam's and Trader Sam's. Yeah. It's two different drinks. Yeah. And that concludes our lightning the round. Lightning Congratulations. Round. You made it. Yeah, I didn't take 20 minutes. I'm no, very excited. Thank you. A lot better than some of our other uh, guests that we've had. We love you if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, we like the long lightning rounds just as much as the condensed ones. Some people have to elaborate everything, or Doug asks a lot of questions. I did. I Yeah, I followed up. There was. I needed to know. I it, needed to know, Derek. Uh, but Seth, thank you so much for being on Rope Drop Radio. Take a minute and tell us where we can find you, all the books, everything you got for us. Well, first of all, you can find the unofficial guides in your local bookstore, if you still have a local bookstore, or on Amazon.com. Um, the 2020 editions are all uh, either just coming out or will be coming out in the next couple months. Um, and that covers Walt Disney World, Disneyland, um, Universal and Las Vegas. Um, and then you can find me uh, on Twitter at the UG series. Um, 
on uh, the web at uh, theunofficialguides.com. And um, you can also read my column every week in the Orlando Weekly or find uh, some of my blogging at uh, Attractions Magazine. Awesome. All over the place. All over. All over the place. You are the man. So I'm going to put (laughs) as many of those into the show notes as I can. And I think, Doug, we can do some affiliate links to make sure we get the universal guides on our on our website and so we'll get a dollar seth will get the rest it works out that way or the publisher gets all of it i don't know yeah. who does we just make like our dollar but uh definitely... a dollar is really generous uh, idea for an affiliate link from amazon though, that, that's very there. true that yeah. might be a little... <laughs> a but they are good i love i love those books we, we've uh, gone through a couple too they're really mm-hmm. in depth and uh some we'll have to talk to you more about in the future seth for sure but yeah thank you so much for being on the show Absolutely. I'd be happy to come on and talk to you guys anytime. Awesome. Awesome. And if you would like to book a trip to Universal Studios now before the new park opens or when it does, or just get in line now for any of those attractions, even Star Wars when I'm down there in uh, Disney World, you have to let the Rope Drop Queen herself book those for you. That's Michelle McKnight, and she has done all the Universal Parks, all the Disney Parks, and she can help you have a magical vacation anywhere you want to go. Her email is in the show notes, so let her know that we sent you there, and that is all the time that we have. So for Seth and Doug, I'm Derek. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.